Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from T-Mobile Park in Seattle. It's the Seattle Mariners 3, the Cleveland Indians 2. The Mariners take the four-game series, winning the last three games. That's right, our Indians are in a three-game losing streak. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And you know I've been working a ton lately, and I have to be at work ridiculously early in the morning, so I am actually recording this Sunday night after the game. And when that happens, this show becomes Cleveland Baseball Nightly. I still love this music so much. All right, let's get into it. It's probably going to be a shorter episode. It's been a ridiculously long day. And frankly, the first storyline is, was not a very fun weekend to be a fan of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, They did not play that well this weekend. They kind of got their butts kicked up in Seattle. Now, hopefully this will be a series that by the end of the year, we're like, oh yeah, we did play four games up in Seattle. I totally forgot about that. I mean, that... Hopefully, hopefully enough good stuff happens, but it is a little concerning that, you know, the times we have ventured out of the central divisions in the last two seasons, which hasn't been much so far, uh, hasn't gone that well. Hasn't gone well against the Yankees, now the Mariners, we'll see how it goes against the Angels. Uh, We're going to have to win outside of the central division. We're back to a normal schedule, which means we will be playing all over the country, and we are going to have to pick it up against some of these teams that we don't see that often. So yeah, so it wasn't fun. And you know what? I can tell. I can tell you're not listening. You know, numbers are down this weekend. Not many people listen to the episodes this weekend because I don't think many people were up watching these games. I think think most of you are taking the approach that, uh, well, the games are back to 7 o'clock. We'll tune back in. We'll see where they're at at that point. Uh, Hopefully... Hopefully they haven't dropped too far down in the standings at that point. I mean, when this team left for the West Coast, it was a team that you felt uh, was, you know, contending, contending for first place, if not in first place for a few days. And now it, uh, I mean, if things keep going like this on the West Coast, by the time they could get back, this could be a third place team or something like that. So I think a lot of fans will be shocked when they tune back in and go, hey, what, what happened? What happened out there? Well, we got our butts kicked by the Seattle Mariners. That's what happened. Um, digging in further into the game, into the specifics of the game, it was Shane Bieber on the mound for the Indians, and it was supposed to be, you know, a losing streak stopper. And your ace on the mound is supposed to put you back on the right path, and it just didn't happen for Shane. Um, it's not that he pitched terrible. The four walks are rough. The four walks are really going to hurt. And more than putting guys on base, what it did is it ran up his pitch count. I mean, he threw 103 pitches in only four and two-thirds. He couldn't even make it out of the fifth, not because I think Francona thought that he was too far in trouble. All he needed was one more out. I think that his pitch count was so high that he ends up walking another hitter, and he goes, I got to take him out. He's, he's over 100 pitches already in four and two-thirds innings. He's the definition of laboring. And so, yeah, so a lot of streaks come to the come to an end. It had been a while since Shane Bieber had not lasted five innings. His eight-strikeout streak comes to the end. He only has seven strikeouts. However, 
He is second in Major League Baseball with consecutive games with seven strikeouts. So now he has a chance to catch Randy Johnson, who owned the top three spots, by the way. Shane Bieber climbed up and passed Randy Johnson's last two efforts at this. Uh, So he does have a chance to pass Randy Johnson on that list if he continues to rack up at least seven strikeouts in every game. So something to keep an eye on. Um, So yeah, his final line, four and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, four walks, and seven strikeouts. And... I mean, the breaking ball was working for him. Uh, A lot of the strikeouts, in fact, only one strikeout came on a high fastball that froze somebody. Everything else looked like it was mostly the knuckle curve, maybe one or two sliders mixed in there. Uh, His CSW on the day total was 31. He did throw the changeup in the cutter a few times uh, to keep guys off balance a little bit. The CSW on his fastball was 30. On the knuckle curve, 34. On the slider, 32. So all of his pitches were at least consistent there. He was definitely using all his two breaking balls effectively, really effectively with the slider. He got eight whiffs on the slider, but no called strikes. He only got three whiffs on the knuckle curve, but nine called strikes. And only three whiffs on the fastball, but eight called strikes. So, uh, yeah. And the that's interesting. That's interesting that the slider they were whiffing at and the other two they were watching. Uh, that's pretty interesting. He threw the fastball 37 times, the knuckle curve 35, the slider 25. So really, really mixing all the pitches. And like I said, it was the breaking ball that was getting him those strikeouts. Now, uh, unfortunately, you know, we, the, we've talked so much about Jared Kelnick that we, the rookie making his debut for the Mariners, we kind of forgot to talk about the rest of the Mariners lineup because it's, it's a pretty good lineup. We totally forgot about Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis, their center fielder, was rookie of the year last year, and his accolades go back. And the reason I'm talking about him is because he did most of the damage against Shane Bieber today in the first inning. Uh, he singled to bring in Mitch Hanniger from who was on second with a double. Kyle Lewis singled and brought in that first run. Comes up again in the third inning. After Shane Bieber gets two outs in the third, he walks Hanniger, he walks Seeger, and then Lewis makes him pay and J.P. Crawford makes him play, pay because they both single. Actually, I believe Lewis's single loaded the bases and Crawford's single unloaded the or, or brought in some runs. Brought in those two runs that made it 3 nothing. So, yeah, so uh, the top of the Mariners lineup did a lot of damage against Shane Bieber. And uh, the reason I wanted to point out Kyle Lewis, he also walked twice, so he was on base four times yesterday. We forget about him, even though he was the rookie of the year, because we never saw him play in 2020. This guy has been a top prospect for a long time. He was the... uh, Baseball America's College Player of the Year and the American Baseball Coaches Association Division I National Player of the Year in, I believe that was 2016, at Mercer University. Um, Where is Mercer University? In Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. Uh, So yeah, so highly, highly regarded prospect. He was the 11th overall pick in the 2016 draft for the Mariners. So yeah, this guy has been... uh, 
been waiting to make his debut or break on the scene, I should say. Not his debut. He debuted in 2019. He actually had a hell of a debut. He hit a home run off Trevor Bauer in his Major League debut and then homered the next two nights, becoming only the second player in history after Trevor Story to do that, the homer in his first three Major League games. But he hasn't really gotten a chance to break out on a national stage because 2020 was such an isolated season. Right? He's only playing on the West Coast. They're the only ones seeing him. There's no all-star game or anything like that. Uh, Kyle Lewis very easily could be an all-star representative for the Mariners. It's not something we kind of talked about going into this because even I'm unfamiliar with some of these Mariners players. And remember, that's kind of the point of the podcast, right? The point of the podcast is that we kind of all learn these things together, right? So uh, I'm going to bring you up to speed as I'm learning things. Hey, we learned about base path rules yesterday, and today we're learning about Kyle Lewis. So it's definitely someone to keep an eye on, especially as the All-Star game rolls around, as I don't know when the Mariners, they'll be coming to Cleveland at some point this season, so we will see him again. So yeah, so we got some guys to keep an eye on, right? Kelnick, the new rookie, uh, Hanniger, the big power hitter, uh, who's you know chasing Jose Ramirez for the AL home run lead, or actually I think he passed him. Uh, Kyle Lewis, the former Rookie of the Year. So there's some guys to keep our eye on here in this Mariners lineup. And uh, for the Mariners pitching, uh, they really, really dominated the Indians hitters today. I mean, it was pretty rough. Uh, It was a bullpen game. It was a bullpen game for the Mariners facing R.A. Shane Bieber. That script should be flipped. It should have been Bieber dominating the Mariners while we beat up on their bullpen. That's kind of, I mean, yes, obviously you want to win, but I feel like a bullpen game is almost like waving a white flag going, look, if you beat us today, it's fine. We're not going to call up a starter or make a starter start on short rest. I think they have a starter injured, which is why they did this. We're just going to throw a bullpen game out there and see what happens. Well, it worked in their favor today, and I know there's some strategy with openers and bullpen games and There is some analytics that say they can be effective, and today it was pretty effective because they struck out Indians hitters 13 times, including Josh Naylor that went down three times. Jose Ramirez goes down twice. Fermil Reyes goes down twice. Bowers goes down twice. And the other guys spread out a a strikeout each. Yeah, struck out Indians hitters 13 times. That is brutal. Absolutely brutal. 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. They leave 9 runners on base. Meanwhile, the Mariners were very respectable 3 for 11 with runners in scoring position. Now, they also left 10 on base, but they had more guys on base than us. You know why? Because they walked 9 times. 9 times they walked. Brian Shaw walked 2, but was able to get out of the 7th. Emmanuel Classe walked 2, but he was able to get out of the 8th. Man, I did not realize we walked nine guys yesterday, and the Mariners only walked us four times. So we did have seven hits. We actually had more hits than the Mariners yesterday. The Mariners scored those three runs on five hits, but we walked so many players. Uh, So yeah, so it's a really, you know, odd box score to kind of analyze this game. I mean, it was really their pitchers. It just had a much better grip on the game, and they used seven different pitchers to do it. Seven different pitchers pitched, and they were able to control us the entire game, continue to rack up strikeouts, continue to limit walks, and they did better than our ace and our great bullpen. We know it's a great bullpen on this day. 
on this day, and that's baseball. That is baseball. On this day, the Mariners were better than us, and we are going to have to evaluate and adapt and come back stronger to face the Angels. We got to do it. We got to turn it around in one day, and we're facing another team. Means new scouting reports. Yeah, so that is baseball. You got to put it behind you, stick it behind you, and move forward. So we'll see if the Indians are able to do that coming out against the Angels. And the Angels are an interesting situation because their pitching is not great. But their offense is pretty darn good. I mean, we are in for a treat. I hope the games are starting a little bit earlier this week. Maybe because they're weeknight games. They're doing what I said. And they're actually starting the games at 6.38 Pacific time. Which means a 9.38 start uh, here locally in Cleveland. And obviously... Cleveland Baseball Mornings or Cleveland Baseball Nightly now draws listeners from all over the world. So wherever you are at, I hope you get a chance to watch because we're going to get to see Trout. We're going to get to see Rendon. We're going to get to see Otani, right? We're going to get to see some really, really good hitters. And our pitchers have their work cut out for them. Now, that being said, I don't think the pitching in in, uh, Anaheim is very good. And so I think our hitters should be able to get back on track. Uh, the guy pitching against us on Monday uh, is uh, Sandoval. He, I think this is his first start of the season. He's had three appearances so far. He's carrying a 6.14 ERA with him. So, not great. Not great. This is actually, I don't know if he is someone like Cal Quantrill who just has pitched a few relief pitches appearances but is actually a starter or if this is going to be considered a bullpen game for them. I don't know. We'll find out. When we get out there and Al and Jensen start doing their pregame show, and I'm sure Andre Knott will have all the details, and you know we'll find out what the deal is with the Angels pitching. They don't have a great record. The Angels are 17 and 22, so uh, you know on paper we are the better performing team. But like I said, they have those offensive players that we have to look out for. They're going to be really great TV to watch, right? I'm dying to see Shohei Otani. That guy is. In every highlight, every baseball highlight this season so far has been about Otani. He's crushing home runs. He's pitching great now. So, yeah, we get to see him on Wednesday. He will go against Savali on Wednesday pitching. So we're going to get to see all sorts of fun things this series. Um, The one thing we won't see, of course, is Albert Pujols. And a little MLB news, Pujols signs with the Dodgers on like a league minimum contract because he's already getting paid from the Angels. He signs with the L.A. Dodgers. On one hand, I'm surprised because everyone thought he might go back to St. Louis for a victory lap and to wave to the fans and retire a Cardinal. It makes sense that he stays on the West Coast. Clearly, he has a preference to stay on the West Coast. In fact, he stays in L.A. He doesn't even have to leave his house. Um, So there was probably some incentive there. I didn't think the Dodgers needed another first baseman, another power hitter, but apparently, I mean, they're dealing with a rash of injuries right now. So yeah, so Pujo stays in LA. That's pretty bizarre MLB news. Uh, So we're not going to face him, but we are going to face a really good lineup. I feel like I've gotten way off topic from the game that we all just watched and the game we were talking about, but that's kind of all my storylines. There's there's nobody on offense that I really want to give MVP for the day to. Right, there were a couple of doubles in this game from our offense. For me, Reyes did double, but it doesn't turn into anything. He doesn't actually come around and score or drive in any runs. In fact, 
he was up with the bases loaded in the seventh inning. He had a chance. Uh, Eddie Rosario actually lays down a nice sack bunt. It moves Cesar Hernandez up and Ahmed Rosario up to third and second, respectively. They walk Jose Ramirez intentionally. They bring up Vermeil Reyes with the bases loaded. And Vermeil Reyes grounds into a double play. I felt like there were actually a couple chances this game for the Indians offense to blow it open. All they needed was one timely hit, and they go 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. So yeah, so uh, Reyes did have a double in the game. Jose Ramirez did have another double in the game. By the way, completely forgot to do MVP for the day yesterday. It would have been Jose Ramirez for the three doubles. That was fantastic. And Bowers doubled at some point today. But it doesn't turn into anything. Uh, Bowers doesn't score either. So yeah, so uh, a lot of Indians runners left on base and really nobody on offense worth naming MVP for the day. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Phil Maiden. Uh, you're probably asking why Phil Maiden? He pitched in the middle of the game. Why are you going with Phil Maiden? Well, he was able to come in after Crawford had singled and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. After Crawford had walked after Crawford had walked in the fifth inning and Shane Bieber came out of the game he came in and struck out Dylan Moore to get out of that fifth inning. That fifth inning could have gotten really, really out of control. And the Indians are able to score in the top of the sixth inning. So Maiden kept it a close game. The Indians score two runs. And then Maiden locks it down in the sixth inning, too. He walks uh, Marmolos to lead off the inning, but then gets a line out from Torrens and gets Walton to hit into a double play. So I got to give credit where credit is due. Middle relievers do not get a lot of credit. And Phil Maiden kept us in this game. Yeah, I mean, it was 2-3. 3-2 game is a tight game. Like, we had so many chances. So that seventh inning, we had so many chances to get back at the Mariners and actually take the lead, and we just couldn't do it. And so, yeah, I'm giving Phil Maiden for a really good middle relief performance MVP for the day. And I think that shows you the kind of day it was for the Indians. All right. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was Shane Bieber. Before I get out of here, before I wrap this thing up, his, his stats in different innings. So I'm looking at the splits. I'm over on MLB.com because MLB.com is one of the only sites that has real-time stats. Uh, Fangraphs is not updated yet. Baseball reference is not updated from today's stats. So I went over to Fangraphs, and they don't have the full splits. I wanted to see what Shane Bieber does against guys the first time through the order, the second time through the order, the third time through the order, because it felt like today, the second time through the order, they really got to him. Well, what MLB.com does have is they do have the splits based on inning. So I can tell you what Shane Bieber is doing per inning. He's carrying a 3 ERA in the first inning with a 270 batting average. That is not batting average against. That's not very good. His whip in the first inning is 133. So that's not terrible, but a 270 batting average against is pretty rough. Second inning, he's carrying a 4 ERA, 229 batting average against. The whip stays the same, 133. The third inning, it does get pretty bad. Four, uh, still a four ERA in that inning. Uh, 294 batting average against with a 156 whip. 
The fourth inning is great. He's got a one ERA in the fourth inning, a 0.94 batting average against, and a 0.67 whip. He is great in the fourth inning, and he's great in the sixth inning. He has a zero ERA in the sixth inning. He has a 111 batting average against and a 0.38 whip. You know, you're probably asking yourself, Davey, you just jumped from the fourth inning to the sixth inning. Why'd you leave out the fifth inning? Well, the fifth inning is where he struggles. He has a 727 ERA in the fifth inning. He's got a 316 batting average against and a 1.96 whip against him in the fifth inning. That is something we are definitely going to have to keep an eye on as the season progresses because we need Bieber to go deep in games. And the longer he goes in games, the better he does. In fact, so we're back over on baseball reference. They do have the split for times through the batting order, times facing opponent in game. And it's not updated from today's game. So just that caveat on there. The first plate appearance that people have against him, players have against him, uh, he's got a two seven. They have they have a two seventy three betting average against him with a seven fifty eight OPS. Um, so yeah, so they they do really good at him, against him actually in that first plate appearance, his first time through the lineup. Although the bat bip batting average balls in play, which is a reflection of luck, right? Because these are balls that are put in play, and there's plenty of fielders out there to field them, and they're just not whether it's hit in the right spot or what. They got a 421 bat bit, which is a pretty high number there. So they are having a little bit of luck against him the first time through the order. The second time through the order, that batting average falls to 197. The third time through the order, that batting average falls to 175. So things do get better. The OPS, by the way, the second time through is 703. So they are still hitting him for power. He's given up four home runs the second time through the order. Only two home runs the first time through the order. No home runs the third time through the order. The OPS against him the third time through the order is 490. So yeah, so the deeper he gets into games, the better it is. Um, Now, he does have 15 plate appearances against him the fourth time through the order. And that he has a uh, 286 with an 833 OPS against him. So... Maybe he's gone a little too deep into games and struggled a little bit, but their bat bip at that point is 500. So that that might be a lot of luck there. But yeah, third time through the order is the charm. If he can go that deep, if he can get through the order three times, it gets good. But that first time through the order, and we'll see what the numbers today do to reflect this, if they change this at all, because it seemed like the second time through the order today, he really got hit hard. So... Those are some details on Shane Bieber, on what's happening with Shane Bieber. I guess this isn't a short episode. After all, pretty standard episode for us here on Cleveland Baseball Nightly. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the start of the Angels season. We'll see what's going on with this starter Sandoval and what the deal is. And and it is must-watch TV for us because we got henches going on the mound. And I don't know about you, but henches makes me really excited as a future Cleveland Indians starter, right? The next guy up in this rotation, the next pitcher out of the Indians pitching factory. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Morning's at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. 
Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly.